0: Reptile Fight Club. Good, always, it's Bowen. Mm-hmm. good man. How about you? Uh, I'm, feeling, uh, I'm doing well. Um. Yeah. yeah. How's your uh, week going? Things going good for you?
1: Week's going good. Um. Got got my first uh first pair of of William Psy babies. Mm-hmm. Uh. So yep. Teeny 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 tiny geckos in the house now uh so that's cool so i should you know the the i have like a, i had a, like a total of 18 eggs uh that have been laid and you know they just keep going so uh six, 16 more eggs uh to hatch i um oh, yeah. kind of yeah i kind of got um you know they're so small that uh like i had them in my incubator and i've just like i Probably just my room's like eight, you know, 78 to 80 degrees. So yeah. I just took them out of the incubator and I put them in there, you know, uh, in, into, um, like their, their, I, I bought like some Tupper, like they're, like they're like cereal boxes. They got a flip up top. I, you know, I can put a nice layer of substrate in there and I mm-hmm. cut holes in the top and put screen mesh on top. And so, you know, makeshift, makeshift enclosures for, for these babies and uh, they're secure. So uh, I, I, took all of the egg tubes and and actually stuck them to the side inside of the box and now they're just sitting in in the reptile room incubating rather than in the incubator cuz when i um, when i found the William side babies uh, one of them was still in the egg the other one was out running around in the in, in the uh, I had like them in one of those like cambro,
0: um,
1: like the acrylics and, and I Mm -hmm. saw it running around the side and I'm like, ah, crap, dude. So, (laughs) uh, I, I, I got it and, you know, started running around my room and I had to like put it into it, you know, like, like the typical, you know, a typical, uh, ordeal. Um, but I got it, I got them both in there. And, and so, but now everything, you know, all, all of the, all of the eggs are now in the, um, in the starter, uh, enclosures, So that'll be cool. They'll hatch into those and it'll be nice and easy. And, you know, like I said, I, ha- I just have to go through the pain of the first thing before I, I like, I'm like, Oh, I'm a- I need to do this now. And then I do it and then it's fine after that. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. so got that going. Um, cool. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much new. The, the new yeah. stuff going on. Uh, how about you?
0: Oh, just uh, book, uh, book fun book. book. <laughs> um, we got back some real, you know, some, uh, the genetic analysis from Warren. So that's pretty exciting. And, uh, some, uh, big changes, I guess, in, in a lot of ways. So <laughs> dun, dun, dun!
1: <laughs> yeah, interesting. So, oh. <laughs> so big changes. I wonder how people will feel at the end of that big feelings yeah. on big changes. Probably possibly potentially.
0: Potentially. Yeah. We'll see how, see how people react to it. But, um, I mean, it just goes with the genetics. Yeah. So what wow. do you do? I
1: know, I know change is hard for people. So, yeah. um, but it's uh, hard for me.
0: I got, uh, I got to go back sort of and change a bunch of the chapters and <laughs> move some stuff around. So, <laughs> so, and, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, yep. there you go. You heard it.
0: Change my thinking a little here yeah. so yeah well we're excited to get this thing out there it's still still a little bit off but <laughs> i i don't know it seems like every time we get new information it's gonna uh delay it a little bit but we're making good progress yeah nature so, of the
1: beast though right um, i mean kind of yeah I mean, what you gonna do what you
0: gonna yeah do? Yeah, that's I've been focusing on that pretty hardcore, you know, trying to get everything uh, settled in and and wrapped up and and get the figure layouts going. So we are we're, we're getting we're getting very close. So I don't know. I'd hope to have it for Christmas. <laughs> that's not going to happen, but um, it won't be printed by then for sure. But yeah, hopefully we'll have it wrapped up by then. And you know, with time off of work for the holidays, that that'll help a little as well. So. Yeah, otherwise, uh, let's see, I I got a rare bird sighting. That was kind of cool. There was one just up the road from the university uh, that was, you know, an East Coast bird. And it somehow made its way out to Utah and was hanging around in the same spot. And so um, I, I went out to try to see it during a conference call I was just walking along this trail uh, during the conference call and then the conference call ended and, and we were at the spot and it flew in for about two minutes and then flew away so got some decent shots of it um, it's a black throated blue warbler for anybody interested probably not. word to the warbler <laughs> yeah. dude yeah, well
1: yeah done. That, was a, well done. that was a good
0: looking bird so, so you're that made like 245 245 245
1: there you go yep What's Heidi at now? She's, she's still, she's still. We need
0: to get her over 200. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say little she's not high.
1: even put, she's still putting up rookie numbers. Yeah. Don't uh, <laughs> tell her I said that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm
0: kidding. Yeah. I'm didn't, terrible. didn't hurt that I went on a couple herp trips down to Texas. Yeah, of Arizona, course. So. Of course. Got a, got a lot of good species down there. Yeah, so I pulled ahead of her a bit. You but are
1: the ornithon ornithol-, ornithol, ornith. I can't even say it. You're a cat. <laughs> you're a capitalist. You're capitalizing on uh, your.
0: Another reptile guy, I guess. Yes,
1: whatever. Yes. Can't
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it should should uh, finish out of the year pretty strong compared to to my dad and my cousins. But
1: oh wow! So you put everybody you've 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 basically you've whooped me uh, seven ways from Sunday on these coin tosses. You've beaten your <laughs> father, your wife, all your friends with your your bird uh, count. Like, look at you terrible. winning just. I know i mean yeah, i
0: think it's i think it's just part of the disease you know i get you get yeah. into herping and you want to see everything you can see and you just keep going into the wee hours of the morning and you know same kind of thing with birding i guess i just extended wow. out to that and i'm going on trips looking for birds now during the cooler months when i'm not allowed to go into australia see what I, see what australia closing its borders has done to me it's yeah. it's forcing yeah. me to be a birder what I, what is I've, going on here
1: clearly this is yeah. all Terrible. australia's fault
0: exactly yeah. i i well, completely blame you you, d- you are
1: definitely you are definitely sick with the disease so
0: yeah but um i don't know i i don't know how intensively next year is gonna be i i think i can be happy with my my account uh, and then just try to add species here and there i'm not gonna go all out again next year i don't think I'll yeah. just get in some trips, so maybe wait, see some new stuff. But
1: now, like, let's say Australia opens back up and you go over there, are you are you continuing your count or do you have to start your count? Is your count a running count or is it a continentally significant count? Like, you know, I mean, um, all the apps I have are just fair? U.S. Yeah. birds. So yeah,
0: okay, nothing, okay, you know, okay. I was just, just I was just kind of yeah,
1: yeah. I was I was I you know I was like um. There was, there was a uh, high school football team that uh, that they they ran the score up like 100 and something to zero, oh, yeah, and they took all that. this. So I'm just wondering if you're that high school football team <laughs> where you're like, I'm going to a different uh, country, and I'm running the score up. I'm, I'm taking this as far as yeah, I can. Yeah,
0: I, I will admit I'm a bit of a competitive guy, but really? I don't think I'm running the score huh. up 100 to zero, you know? <laughs> huh. Yeah, you, you because you didn't get I mean, that, did you? You didn't well, get you, I mean, all the gloating after the coin tosses. Yeah,
1: no, that. Yeah, yeah, that was being facetious. No, I fully caught all of your, of your, of your elitism over coin tosses, sir. Yeah, no,
0: yeah. I, I, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's and it's I guess lost on me, you know man. when you when you look at it, it's the same thing. You know, bird like there were there were a bunch of birders up there looking for that rare bird. I saw probably yeah. ten, 10 different birders. Looking Did you? Were you like, nin, 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 I saw it first. No, no, okay. and and actually, there were two other birders right there, and and I just happened to walk up right when it flew over, so it was kind of perfectly timed. And so you were like, it, oh,
1: good thing I showed up, so you guys got to see that, huh?
0: I, I didn't say any of that because <laughs> no, I'm, kidding. Yeah. I'm, kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But <laughs> I, I will say, I mean, you know, there were three of us that saw it, and then a couple others had seen it previously, and they were the ones that alerted. So that so you knew you kind of knew
1: this thing was over there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, you kind of implied that, and then I was kind of like, did he walk that way and just happen to see it, or like was there some forewarning to the? Okay, I got you. It's
0: a little different with birding because they they don't have to like protect their spots because. You know, you can't go the in and collect that, birds, you know, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a little more. I mean, obviously there are some <laughs> examples of like climbing up trees and collecting parrot eggs and stuff. But yeah, you're not you're not netting a, a rare bird sighting in Utah. I, so, I was going to say so that so they're bird happy hobby.
1: The birding hobby would be very different if if a guy just pulled out a shotgun and just like boom and shot it out of the sky, grabbed it and took out that's number two sixty three for me
0: exactly. So would be not cool. You know, it's they're they're happy to share court. I mean, they share GPS coordinates. Here's where I saw it. You know, and so people were hanging out there looking for it. But I mean, it's just being in the right. It's like herping. You know, just being in the right place at the right time. Obviously, if you have good intel and kind of know where things are, then it helps and and reptiles kind of you know they don't move as much as birds and they don't have as wide of a of a, i guess home range or or they don't migrate as as frequently or whatever or at all i don't i guess sea turtles migrate or yeah. <laughs> but you know so it's well, it's, it's, it's harder
1: to it's harder for you know it's hard for a birder to run up there and grab the bird and take it home whereas yeah. reptile people you know exactly. they protect their spot because they don't want those those filthy rotten me. pilfers
0: yeah so that's i i think that's you know the difference so they're they're a lot more uh, willing to share information and rightly yeah. so i mean herpers should be a little tight-lipped with their spots so they don't I kill, agree with that ruin. for sure I, yeah. that's the worst thing going through prime habitat and seeing it just destroyed like rocks flipped and not put back and things like that just yeah. drives you mad. So for sure. Yeah. Anyway, enough about the feathered reptiles. Let's uh so we're, we got a clip show for you today. Yep. <laughs> so we're going to be kind of revisiting some of the topics and, and sharing other ideas that we may have had in the interim um, from, from the last or sorry, from the second 10 shows. So, that we did. so we're so, doing
1: shows 11 through 20.
0: Yeah, if you're keeping score at home.
1: Yeah, if you're so. keeping score,
0: and I know Justin
1: keeps nature. score, so
0: that's why. <laughs> that competitive nature, it's yep yeah, bear. All right, so first off is uh, monoculture. Um, yeah, any updated thoughts on on that that <sighs> Let's idea? See.
1: Um, no, I mean, I I don't I I think I think we did cover pretty well. Um, the you know the the monoculture subject. I, I do, I'm going to be honest and say, I feel like you, you really glossed over the potential pitfalls of monoculture. I think you were a pro monoculturist in this, not that you necessarily feel that way, but you argued, argued very staunchly for monoculture. And I think in that episode, I said that, you know, as a, um, you know as an environmentalist and uh you know uh as somebody who has seen um how monocultures played out in in other kind of ways um that aren't reptile related that that that, you know there's a lot of potential pitfalls with with monoculture and i still stick by that and i felt like Mm -hmm. in in that discussion you 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 know you definitely highlighted the pros of monoculture which you know undeniably that's doing my job man just doing my job hey hey, listen (laughs)
0: listen me too too.
1: yep Yep, but, um, wow.
0: but yeah, I, you know, I agree there, there's definitely some downsides and upsides. I, I I mean, I, I think, um, listening to people talking about, you know, getting into beginning species, like, you know, the ball pythons or the crested geckos or whatever, there's a lot of information and support and things like that. You know, it's kind of in, in my line of work with virology, you know, we model a lot of viral diseases in, in mice mm-hmm. and mice are a very handy model to have because there's a lot of resources for mice you know for mouse models and things versus like we also maybe use some different species that are not as readily you know or or commonly used and so the reagents aren't there and the assays aren't there and so you know similar similarly when you have something that everybody keeps there's a lot more information available there's a lot more Um, but I think along with that, you might get more misinformation or Mm -hmm. some of these, um, anecdotal evidence based, um, keeping approaches, or, you know, you get the folks that put hats on snakes, you know, for, for Owen's pleasure. But, um, so, you know, with the, with the good comes the bad sometimes, but overall, I think, you know, if, if you're a beginner or first time keeper, A lot of it makes a lot of sense, you know, where there's a lot of information and and usually with commonly kept species, you don't have the, you know, the, the exclusivity or the attitudes of like, oh, this is a difficult to keep species. Only folks like me are, you know, welcome here and, and they're not as welcoming to new keepers because they think they shouldn't be keeping them, you know. Well, so. but
1: I mean, you know, I think we definitely, uh, talked about how the ball Python market is stratified. I think, uh, that was, that was another show that, that we'll cover, but you know, they, they talked mm-hmm. about how stratified the ball Python market is and, and that's even a monoculture stacked on top of each other. Right. So there's even levels yeah. to monoculture and, and oh, yeah, I'm
0: not saying that doesn't exist, but yeah. you know, with- I mean it. I just think I just
1: think that when you mono like 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 if you take examples of mm-hmm. successful monocultures, look at how they're almost stratified. You know what I mean? Like you 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 could say that leopard geckos and morphs now are almost like you know starting to mirror how ball pythons work and and in ball pythons there there there's like a whole like tiered echelon of who's Freaking cool because of how they, you know, keep ball pythons, uh, and so you know, from the normal ball python all the way out to the the monocultured morphs, you know, yeah. it, it's become its own stratified thing. And and how, you know, maybe there's some good for that, or but maybe that's not good. You know, I I mean, I, I just mm. I think that there's um, you know, some 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 potential pitfalls with you know, how, how monocultures are done, but also maybe socially there's, there's some pitfalls to monoculture. And, and, you know, I think, I think back to the super show and like what that looked like, you know, it was a lot of, it was interesting because there were, there were quite a few ball pythons there, but not nearly as many as there were like colubrids and, and uh, you know, I mean, all these, all these, um, you know, all, all these snakes and stuff that, that had, kind of not been a big thing all of a sudden making a resurgence because you know people hadn't kept them as much or or and now all people who were you know primarily ball python people now they have like tons of colubrids on their table and it's like whoa that's that's crazy uh so almost kind of like the you know um we had talked about you know um Like trends, following trends in monoculture Mm. and and how they disappear and come back and, you know, how um, what what what's driving those and and to me, you know, that 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 example, especially the super show is very much like, okay, it's the trend that drives the monoculture right like
0: yeah. because
1: you can monoculture you know there's certain things that fit into a monoculture and as long as mm-hmm. those trends that they research they they wax and they wane and and you see them you know wax and wane and and now yeah. you could kind of see those colubrids as like the 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 they're waxing it right now uh, whereas yeah. maybe um you know ball pythons might be waning it right now i don't know
0: well and i you know i think that's the the key there is that you know There's always something new and cutting edge with ball pythons just because there's so many different morphs and so many combinations you can make. And I think most people want something, um, novel or unique. And so that's why morphs are popular. And that's why ball pythons are, are largely popular. Although you don't really see, you do see some diversity with like crested geckos and things like that. But for the most part, you know, I think people just want something flashy, but, Mm -hmm. um, That's why
1: Ben, that's why Ben morals in it. Right. Either, either. You you, you went, you you did the Ben moral argument there. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm hurt because you always, you always find the exception. Like I'm trying to make a point and you can always find like Ben being the exception to like,
0: just being my, no, I know it's good. I I get it. I'm just,
1: I'm trying to, I'm trying to sneakily teach people how to fight you.
0: I got you. Yeah. So, but you know, I, there there's definitely some some downsides and i do think people typically try to branch out especially mm-hmm. you know when they've and and i got to say you know i imagine monoculture gets sort of boring for people yeah. and and you know most herpers kind of want the new new next new thing or and i think you can satisfy that in a lot of ways you know you can go out herping and find new species that kind of satisfies that or you can get a new work with a new species and breed a new species and you see a lot of people that will produce a new species and then they kind of get rid of it and be like Mm -hmm. okay i did that been there done that and then they move on to the next new species and if you're if you're keeping you know something that everybody else keeps you know it's not that novel or exciting but but if you've got some aspect of it like a morph or or some kind of thing that keeps it exciting then it kind of maintains that a little longer um, Morphs
1: always make it better
0: uh, I, uh yeah anyway <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry i i'm i'm kind of over morphs. so yeah the, to i know I, mean, I definitely I am too still dabble of course yeah think, well like no i mean i, I i'm not gonna I, get rid of all my projects just because they're morphs but you know i mean i'm not amazing. looking to get new ones let's just put it that way
1: I um you know see some of those ball pythons that Justin Sibelius Sabelkis, I don't how do you pronounce his last name but he that he posts up and they're super nice I mean like wow Kabilka yeah. Kabilka yes thank yeah. you Kabilka
0: okay, I just want to watch you struggle a little bit there. <laughs> yeah asshole uh, and, um I I uh, I do like the idea of having I and you know I kind of keep this my collection that way where I think diversity, you know, having a, a wide range of species at a show is is helpful, you know. I sure. think people get it you can get people excited about things they've never heard about. And that's most of the shows, at least locally that I do is educating people about Anteresia. <laughs> and so, you know, that gets that that that's fun to bring to attention some things that people really haven't seen. And, and the more, you know, the more shows I do around here, the more people get educated. And so then, then they're coming to the shows like, Oh yeah, I remember, I see, I saw that last year. I remember that or pretty soon, pretty
1: soon you'll have to find something else to be into because you'll have gotten everybody into Antaresia.
0: Well, I don't think that's going to be the case, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Sometimes we it's, got a uh, long way to go. I mean, it's okay to, yeah, to be niche and you're just one to man in a
1: whole state trying to, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. gosh,
0: exactly. Well, okay. <laughs> I think, uh, any other thoughts on monoculture versus, uh, diversity in a collection?
1: Um, no, I mean, you know, I, I just, I still think that, um, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I like, I like diversity. I, yeah, I, I don't agreed. Like, I, you know, I mean, it, and like you said, it gets, I think it gets kind of boring where you're just yeah. kind of like, all right, I've, I've seen that. I know that. And, you know, you yeah. see something cool that comes out and you're like, all right, that's cool. But, and, you, and, and, you know, I, I like keeping, keeping it going, learning new things, getting into new stuff. And, you know, the well's so deep that, uh, you know, you could just go and go and go with that. So yeah. I don't know if I had a side, that's my side
0: yeah agreed all right let's uh keep it moving here let's go with uh, number 11 the invisible arc we got a lot of good feedback about this show a lot of people enjoyed the show and i and i personally i enjoyed it a lot uh too uh, it was fun to have um the guys on to debate that um
1: yeah so this was probably and i mean i we've done some good shows um you know i know the the Iper episode Um, everybody loved that, but I think this is probably my favorite episode that we've done so far. Uh, you know, I, I just, um, I, I think that, uh, both of those guys were amazing guests and, and they really just, they came, they came ready and, and, uh, really just hit, hit the crux of the issue so well. Um, and it's really a deep topic that, uh, you know, we, we, the one that we need to wrestle with and one that there's no good answer for. And, you know, it, it encompasses a lot of the, the issue, uh, that, that we face in society today. Um, so it does, I mean, it, it, you know, it definitely, um, applies to reptiles, but it, it also applies way, way past reptiles. So it's it's just a really great show.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, the hardest, uh, pill to swallow was, uh, the idea that um we we don't really we can't really make a difference uh, to some extent you know unless there's wild habitat for these things to go back to i mean it's i i I do kind of side with the idea that if if you if it's in your living room or whatever it's not extinct and, and, you know, that makes me feel better, but at the same time, what is it if it's just in your living room? You know, yeah. that, that's kind of a hard pill to swallow. And, uh, you know, I think they handled the topic well and, uh, you know, I don't know. That's- well,
1: and I think, I think, you know, Kay- Casey's case Kay- to Casey's point, And I think kind of why some of this, like at some, at some level, I totally understand it at other levels. I'm just kind of like, it's, it's a little stupid, but you know, like, we, we, you talk about uh, biodiversity and how, you know, if if they were to try to take some of these captive bred animals that we produce, that they're just not viable because they're too inbred or they're too this or that. And at some point, like if things get so messed up that you're just looking for a form to fill a niche in a, in a, in a habitat, does it really matter how biodiverse it is? Like, I mean, we're we're not talking, you know, in, in, terms of genetic diversity, uh, we're not talking about a white rhino where there's maybe, you know, less than, less than a dozen of them and in, in the, in the whole of the wild. Um, and, and so genetic, you know, genetic bottlenecking, um, for the white rhino is, is it's, you know, it's a, it's a wrap for them. Like, it doesn't matter if we can continue to reproduce them. They're so, they're so genetically bottlenecked that, they're that, you know, they're going to die off. It's, it's, you know, a matter of, it's just a matter of time. Whereas, you know, maybe the gene pool and our captive, um, populations isn't so deep, but it's something better than nothing. Um, and like you said, if there's no habitat, then who, you know, what are we really doing anyway? Like, it doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't really matter. And I, I, I wrestle with conservation a lot because of this, because it's, it's kind of like, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, I think Bill, I think it was Bill who was kind of like, Hey, listen, conservation is a tool to make people care, to give money. You know, it's a guilt, it's a guilt trip. To make people give money. And and, and look, it, I mean, I, I, I when I say it's a guilt trip, it's, you know, it's way bigger than just that. But, but, you know, what we're doing is we're, we're pushing, you know, what we do is to make problems to help um, create money so that people can do conservation. Now, if we're not doing habitat restoration and we're not doing habitat preservation, is conservation even really worth it? Are we just funding zoos so that they can feed animals? It's kind of, you know, that's kind of the case. So I don't know. I just, there's a lot of, you know, I got a lot of negative feelings around, um, conservation and stuff it's like.
0: hard not to get you know to get uh you know depressed about this mm-hmm. i guess you know for lack of a better term um but you know we do what we can We we educate and we help people understand why these things need protecting. And, and I think things in general are moving more towards that direction. I mean, if you compare things maybe 50 years ago in regards to reptile knowledge in the general Mm -hmm. public, I think kids are a lot, you know, they, they they're excited about reptiles. They're generally not afraid of reptiles. You might have one out of 10 or, you know, things like that. But for the most part, they're, they're much better educated than than their parents and grandparents Mm -hmm. were. So I think things are moving in the right direction as as far as people caring about the environment. And you know, a lot of, I just, I watched uh, the uh, Attenborough special the other day, or just today, I think it was the, or this morning on, uh, you know, life, uh, talking about his life and and the changes that have occurred during his lifetime. And it is really kind of sad to see only 35, 30% of, remaining nature is, is, uh, present anymore. And Mm -hmm. so that's, that's a little, that's a little sobering. And, you know, it's hard to tell other countries not to develop their country like we developed ours or like, you know, the Europeans developed their countries back in the day. It's, it's their time to kind of industrialize or whatever, but it's just, you know, we kind of see where we're headed down that path. Um, Mm -hmm. I also watched the movie, um, the, Boy Who Harnessed the Wind, it's with my daughter. It's about a kid from Malawi that, you know, just desperate times, there was no food, there was a, you know, their land flooded and and then they had a drought right after that. So the crops weren't growing and things were, you know, very dire and he found a way to, you know, make a, a windmill to power a pump to bring up water so they could water their fields and have a second growing season great show really, really fantastic and i you know there there definitely needs to be some innovations involved with this but i mean you just yeah. see also the you know the rate at which forests are being cut down and and things like that and uh, but i think historically I, they say you know the the amazon rainforest is the result of people planting trees you know a long time ago and so you know simple efforts there was a guy in india that i, th- I think like that's, a a, that's a, i think
1: that's a gross 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 oversimplification oh, wow. of how a
0: rainforest showed up well, I'm, no, I'm just I did, saying, I think that's a, you know it, people it, can make a difference if they put their minds to it plant you know trees, that's a very human trees. that's
1: a it's a very human centric uh thought of 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 um, you know, the the plus of us being the minus.
0: Well, I'm just saying, why not be the plus in the face no, of how many minus? Well, I think, I think, I, I
1: I think at this point, like, we kind of have to be right. Like, I mean, yeah. It, yeah. It, 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 you know, no. Obviously, but people can
0: go on without doing that, but I'm just saying if they have the opportunity to plant a tree in their yard or plant it, you know, think about something local, think about something native, think about something that kind of restores things to, to maybe what it was. Maybe not sure. have a lawn. Maybe have you know a, a small forest in your backyard that can entice local species or whatnot. Kind of do your part where you are. That kind of and, idea.
1: And I do agree with that. I but I think that the inequity that we see. I mean, I think that you have somebody like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos who are concentrating the amount of wealth. And, and, you know, if, if you can take wealth for, for resource as a form of resource capital, here is the concentration of resource capital. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. people in areas where there may be pristine rainforest or, or, you know, that they're destroying that so that they can live. Um, And, and, you know, yeah. it, until we it, it, and, and nobody likes the idea of like, well, if I made all these millions, now I'm not going to give them to somebody else just so yeah. that they can eat like that's some that's that that right there yeah. is part of the issue. And, you know, yeah. w- 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 and, and I've
0: heard that, you know, the the earth can support as many as. 10 billion people. it's just the inequality and in resources that kind of drives sure. the, the wars and starvation and, and things like that. I mean and you know the with the changes in the earth and the unpredictability of, of nature and storms and you know the changing and warming climate, It's you know there's some desperate times ahead, and we need to work as a global community. So and and you see
1: and you see some of these bitch ass people who would take their millions and say no, you know what? All they need to do is is just watch that watch that one kid who harnessed the wind and pulled himself up by his bootstraps, and that's bullshit, man. That that you know that the people need to you know do 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 their part. If, if you have the, you know, if you have the potential to, you know, save a million people by, you know, giving up a small fraction of, of your ridiculous fortune, like.
0: It's hard to, like, I mean, the, the, the man in the film, the boy in the film, his father kind of was um, trying to band everybody from their village together to not sell off their trees to a you know, this, this group that wanted to buy up their, their lumber. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and he was trying to encourage his, his, fellow people to not sell off their land because he'd seen what had happened in, you know, different countries when they cut down the, the forest, then they get flooding in their, in yep. their cult you know, their crops and stuff. And that's exactly what happened. Everybody was desperate, sold their trees, the people came in and cut him down and then his field got flooded you know if they would have maybe banded together they might have had a an okay growing season and maybe been able to persist but you know it's it's a very complicated thing i mean that's you know we're just scratching the surface with this stuff and but you know a great great uh discussion between bill and casey yeah. it was really great yeah. to have those one guys of my on. one
1: one of my favorites i think both of yeah. those guys are extremely well thought out and, and uh just was a good was a good episode.
0: Yeah, we'll have to have those guys back on some hunt. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um. All right. On to feeding schedules. Uh, yeah. That one was maybe. You know, I think that one's kind of a hot topic in, mm-hmm. in a lot of circles, and you know, people think they, they need. You know, that's their way to interact with their snakes is to feed them, and yeah. so you know, it results in a lot of obese snakes because, especially like pythons, don't need to eat that frequently. To, mm-hmm. to maintain normal function. And so, um, if you're, you know, Oh, my green tree Python always looks hungry. I better feed him. <laughs> you're going to wind up with a, an overweight, you know, snake that gets some kind of prolapse or something down the road. Yeah. So, you know, you need to consider the health of the animal, consider the, you know, why you're feeding them and, and, and learn about their natural history. If, yeah. if nothing else, you know, comes from this show, I want people to Think about what these snakes are doing in the wild, what these reptiles, what these animals are doing in the wild and how we can, you know, replicate the important factors of their, their lives to, you know, do the best we can with them and keep yeah. them as, as well as we can. I,
1: I, yeah, I think on this episode, you forced me to, uh, take the feeding on a schedule side, uh, oh, yeah. which I had to defend, which, you know, I, I think, um, I I think, you know, everybody keeps schedules, but, but I think, you know, thinking about feeding on a schedule is probably the entirely wrong way to think about it. I think it's probably more of a feeding on condition, Uh, you know, how does the animal, how does the body Mm -hmm. condition of the animal look, how, you know. What, what time of year it is? Are you breeding this thing? Like there's all these other, uh, factors that, that go into, you know, how often, you know, how big is their cage? Are they getting a lot of exercise? Are they, you know, are they, you know, roaming free like all the time that, 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 that would influence how often and how much I would feed. So I think it's just kind of a shift, you know, from, from the idea of a a calendar based, Type of approach to more of a you know a condition based or or a uh, um, you know body type uh, uh, condition you know body type approach.
0: Yeah, I, I think that would be fine with a small collection, but if you got a larger collection, I, I don't. I, I think you missed a great opportunity to just you know death blow me there and say, well, what everything's on a schedule. I mean, well, yeah, they, in the wild they're on a schedule. You know, like. Sometimes it's it's more frequent, and other times it's nothing I, I, I don't, at all. I don't think I I don't
1: think I missed missed that opportunity. Maybe yeah. I didn't poignantly point it out, you, but you I didn't I deliver think I,
0: the death blow. I definitely
1: <laughs> didn't. I, I you <laughs> the know knockout I, punch. Yeah. Well, I don't. You
0: know. No, it's I. Yeah, I can't want to bruise you. your ego. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. that's, that's hard to do. Well, it's so big. No, I,
1: yeah. And, and I mean, I think, I think that was kind of, we did talk about, you know, that there being a schedule, you know, even, even in, even in site cyclical, you know, like almost seasonal feeding there's there's type of a schedule to that. So, you know, I think everything works on, on, a, on a schedule, but, but at the same time, even on that schedule, you know, you need to, you need to make observational, uh, deductions about what, uh, you know, how much you need to feed or, or, um, you know, what type of food source your feed, what kind of a prey source you're feeding, um, on that schedule. Um, I, so I just yeah. still think there's, you know, there's still other factors that, that, um, you know, that are above and beyond just the schedule of, 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 feeding.
0: yeah. And, you know, I guess the, the main idea is like, you know, if you feel like you have to feed your snake once a week, every week, you know, you're probably not doing it right. Yeah. No, um, that's, that's for sure. Yeah. Lizards are a whole different idea, whole different aspect of it. You know, sometimes you need yeah, to feed yeah. them several times a day. So well, and you know, I, natural history.
1: And I think it's a completely moving target because if you're talking about, you know, Juvenile or, or baby animals, yeah. maybe yeah. feeding weekly is great, but if you're yeah. talking about adults, you know, the, the, their, their need to, you know, maintain their, their, you know, their condition decreases as they become adults. Um, yeah. You know,
0: metabolism. So, yeah. So,
1: so, you know, you, you have to just take the right, you have to take it in the right context.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, when we talk about um, natural history, I'm talking about what these animals are doing in the wild, what their yeah. you know natural feeding regimens or schedules might be. You know, if they're in they a wet season and there's an abundance of prey, that's kind of when they eat a lot. And other times of the year, they might not eat anything.
1: And, and I think even still there, you, you – and this kind of goes to the w- – w- why i have this animals are plastic placid in the that that the, they are able to adapt is because you have some uh, uh, pick a species you have a a said species in one area that has an abundant prey source and that's how they they live and then you have the same species in another area that may not have an abundant prey source and and the way they live year to year and and the amount of reproduction they have and you know how they how they live out their life is different right but yeah. it's still the same species but it's 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 a different prey availability or maybe there's sure. just you know different other different factors that that go into it so i i think that you know it's the it, main everything thing is, is
0: finding finding when it's harmful, you know, when yes. overfeeding is harmful yep. or when underfeeding might be dangerous or, you know, not, not the best thing. So, and I, and I you think, know, it, you
1: know, in a captive setting, a lot of that gets, uh, you know, a lot of the, the variation that you would see in the wild is kind of, kind of, uh, optimized. And so, you know, we all, we can start talking apples and apples, whereas maybe some, sometimes looking in the wild, maybe we're talking apples and oranges.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah. And not all all are the same. And that's why it requires some, you know, some education. Mm-hmm, <laughs> L- for sure. Learn about the animals you're keeping, what they do, what they do naturally. You know, and yeah. that kind of will help. And and sometimes that you need to dig a little. You know, mm-hmm. that information may not be readily forthcoming, and you kind of have to infer from from different uh, resources. Um, I, I read some papers on Um, rodent, uh, you know, or not necessarily rodent, but there are some marsupials, but small animal um, cycles in Northern Australia to kind of, figure out when prey availability is there for the green tree pythons up there. And, and it's pretty sparse feeding for those guys. And, and a lot of animals have adapted, you know, I mean, pythons especially have adapted to survive and, and even thrive on very little input. And so I think, and
1: um, I mean, isn't that such an interesting, like you, you do that research and you're like, oh, that's why they're hungry all the time.
0: Yeah, you know, and yeah, and, and, yeah. and then they you just make, have to not miss an opportunity.
1: Yeah. And then you make a connection where it's like, oh, I shouldn't feed them all the time because they're always hungry because they never get to eat in the wild. Oh, that totally makes sense. Right. Like, And maybe and, it's not
0: necessarily hunger. You know, maybe that's an anthropomorphism, but right. maybe sure, it's sure. just, you know, looking for that opportunity, you know, being yeah. ready for the opportunity because it doesn't come along very It's often. not
1: hunger. It's capitalism.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> all right um let's move to you know people coming into the hobby via social media yeah that was an you know interesting topic something interesting to think about but a lot of people come in through you know influencers uh, pet tubers things like that i
1: mean I, i think you know i i think i think so much of what we do today is through social media or through you know the internet mm-hmm. connectivity. So, you know, I I, I I know I was the get off my lawn guy. And, you know, <laughs> we've had some great interviews. I think the interview we did with Summer when she was talking about advertising and, you know, it, it really got me kind of, you know, not, not that I don't think, but sometimes I don't think, but, <laughs> you know, it, it got me thinking more just about like, hey, you know, like, you, you always, you know, when you were young, coming up, and you know, the old, the older generation was just like, ah, oh, these kids these days, you know, like this, and and, hasn't and
0: changed, right? and it, you know, yeah,
1: I mean, and and so things will always change, and, and social media and and you know, our connectivity is the new way we communicate, and the new way, and so that's how people are going to come in. So and and you know, I I you can always look to. Um, influencers and all these 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 negative aspects of it but at the same time like you know we wouldn't have you know we wouldn't have we wouldn't have the robustness of the hobby that we have today without social media right like i mean so you just can't deny the power of it and and um yeah, sure. You can always use it. You can always point to it as like, ah, see that bad example or see that bad example. Um, but that's not, you know, like anything, you know, you, you got to take the good with the bad. And I think overarchingly it's, it's, it's been a good thing.
0: Yeah. As long as, as long as they're watching, um, you know, reliable sources that are not just, you know, trying to get, i don't know there there's a lot of negative aspects of it as well and i think we we covered it fairly well but you know Mm -hmm. there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things to be be careful of but for the most part i think people coming in and 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 a lot of the bigger reptile folks online you know some might be a little over the top and i think a lot of them have kind of a negative feel with a lot of the um, herpetoculture especially the people who have been around for a while are or who who have been doing this for a while, they kind of look at them in a negative light. Um, so you know, I think the the important thing is to work together to make sure people coming in are well educated and and that they're doing their best to keep their animals happy. You know, that's yeah. kind of the 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 goal that we have in common. And I think yeah. the the new generation um, is is a little less. I guess, judgmental in that way. And they're a little more open to help. I would hope that's the, the case. Um, so, you know,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I do think in, you know, I mean, you know, you can look at the, the downside of, of, people in social media like you can look at the downside of people period and you know there's a lot of of people out there using social media in a positive way and again we'll point back to the the interview we did with summer and how she she really rocked that interview and and uh, really brought home the the idea that there is a lot of positive things that that can be garnered through you know marketing and social media and, and, um, that kind of, uh, you know, but it's all how, you know, it's all how you do it and how you think about it. And I never really thought about the, uh, what was that? The reptiles at home podcast and, and yeah. how, you know, um, the potential that, 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 that might not be a good thing because you're always looking at like adding to it and, and you, you're, maybe you're not appreciating, you know, I, I think that was what, what was being said it was it, basically like, you're, you know the, the message that 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 you could walk away with from that would is a net negative and I'm like wow I, I didn't I didn't think about it like that um so you know I think like 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 anything you have those influencers who aren't thinking about the message. They're just trying to get, you know, people to pay attention to them. Like, like all, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody who's posting booty pics on Instagram, you know, like they don't care. They just want attention. Right. It's like, yes, I want the likes. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that it's, it's, it's people on, you know, so, social media doing it wrong people on social media being articulate and thinking about it and doing it right and i think that that's just you you had that before social media it was just in a different way but now that we're in the digital age that's what we see so you know um
0: well and and i think we're preaching to the choir because i think any any, our 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 listener will definitely uh align with that i mean they're obviously interested in in seeing you know both sides of the topic and learning more about different topics and and thinking about things and that you know obviously our our listeners are much more you know bright than than most uh, podcast then listeners me and you, know? you. <laughs> than we they're are they're like shut up Chuck we <laughs> we we get it let's move so, on let's but uh, move on. but you know they're they're definitely thinking and and trying mm-hmm. to trying to do better or trying to learn more and that's you know the the main thing I think
1: yeah. yep agreed agreed agreed
0: okay wholesaling wholesaling, yeah. wholesaling. Yeah. I think, don't have, you know, don't have a lot.
1: Yeah. I f- feel like we kind of covered a lot of that. Um, yeah.
0: it's, it's a necessary thing, you know, for a lot of, you know, maybe, um, small, smaller breeders or breeders that don't go to a lot of shows or things like that. And I, I think one of the take homes, at least that I've kind of been thinking is, you know, I, I there's, there's a big push in, in herpticulture that you, if you don't breed, you're not really, worth anything you know Mm -hmm. if you don't breed your animals you're not a real keeper and i think that's a that's a misconception that needs to kind of go away i think people can get just as much out of their their animals if if they're not breeding them Uh, you know maybe there's a there's a point to be made about um you know the the drive to pass on their genes or something that is fulfilling for an animal but you know overproduction of of animals usually leads to Um, bad things. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're trying to sell off a lot of animals cheaply, you know, uh, is that the best, are they going to have the best, best time in life and (laughs) have the best life uh, down the road in captivity? So, you know, those, those are things to think about. So wait, are
1: you, are you making an omission that perhaps wholesaling might not be, uh, might lead to overproduction? Cause I feel like you, you resisted, you resisted that. Well, I just want to be clear. I, no, yeah.
0: If, if you're, if right. you're having In, if you know, I, I guess.
1: <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just,
0: I yeah, yeah. No, I, I, you know, I, I have to take responsible responsibility for what I'm saying, but I, you know, sure. I think there is something to that if you're, if you're a small scale of, scale breeder and you're having to wholesale things, maybe you're producing too many things and maybe yeah. you don't have yep. to breed everything you have every year. Well, you
1: know? or, 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 and, and, you know, this, this kind of goes, this kind of goes back to the monoculture thing. If that's, if, if you want to breed, then focus, keep yeah. less animals, yep. focus on something that's just breed certain projects. Or, you know Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's not, you know, there, there is no, you know unless you're making your living doing this yeah you have a way to sell animals yeah. mean, you can try to make your living at this not be able to s- sell your animals and still be unsuccessful you see what i'm saying like sure. like you, yeah. you, you have to you know if you're gonna breed you have to be able to sell those animals yeah and, and if if you end up you know with a pile of animals you can't sell then i mean what are you doing what are you doing yeah
0: yeah that's a, it's a tricky balance. And I think, mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's almost like a pyramid scheme. If you start buying, you know, certain reptiles, it's almost like inferred that you will breed them, you know, yeah. Oh, if you buy this and you breed it, you can make your money back and you can do yeah. this and that and the other. And it's, it's a, it's largely just that, you know, kind of a pyramid <laughs> scheme. And you really, I mean, uh, I, I, in some I, ways, I, you
1: know. I, I and I, but I do just got to say, man, that, that, uh, you know, hatching out blue day geckos was a hell of a feeling.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, yeah I'm not and, and it's it's not it's a it's a, <laughs> it's a
1: it's a heck of a drug, you yeah. know what I mean? Reproducing I, I Reproducing uh, reptiles is a hell of a drug, and oh I, yeah, I, I, you know, yeah, I, I get. No, I, I, don't, I don't fault. I don't fault people for for being. Nor a do I. Yeah,
0: I'm not saying that you shouldn't breed anything. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm no, saying no, no. I if you're gonna breed something, do it responsibly. Do it with mm-hmm. thought. Do it with foresight. Do it. Uh, you know, hundred percent. Make yeah. sure you have an idea of how to sell those animals. Yeah. You know, because it's not always that easy. And I think no. a lot of times it's kind of past on as something easy because they're trying to sell you something you know (laughs) that's always the anytime somebody's trying to sell you something they're gonna say whatever you want to hear to justify you buying that
1: well or or i mean shout shout out to somebody like frank Payne who you know Mm -hmm. plug uh will be on our next episode Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, tune in for that. Cause that's going to be an awesome show. I'm super yeah. excited about that yeah, show, but you know, a guy like Frank Payne, he's not, he's not trying to sell his animals. He is literally getting people interested in his animals by just, you know, teaching people about them and showing them and, you know, it's, it, you know, talking about them like they're living art and people mm-hmm. are like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. And people end up into that, you know, I, yeah. so I, I do that. I do think there's a distinction there. But,
0: um, and he's also focused on things that maybe aren't, you know, uh, broadly kept or bred. And so I think, you know, people definitely once they get into things, even if they get in through kind of a monoculture or through social media for a popular type reptile, a lot of times they'll branch out and learn about Mm -hmm. other things, you know, Um, that's, that's kind of how the natural progression, you know, as you learn more about reptiles, you, you kind of find the nipper you really enjoy um and, and you well done you, you move forward with that so well um, we i guess people could make a drinking game out of this every time they hear they it.
1: should that would be so good
0: <laughs> uh, anyway you know,
1: so, so so that's that's something for Eric and Owen for the uh, holiday show <laughs> yeah. i know those guys i think eric had already said he is going to get very uh drunk off of some nipper um <laughs> so there you go that's how it happens
0: um, yeah all right well You know, if you're going to breed reptiles, do it responsible, do it with foresight. That's That's right. Yeah. That's right. Sum it up. Um, Stud books. So I I was uh, alerted to the fact that there are uh, quite a few or, uh, you know, I don't know how many, but there's, there's, some stud books in private keeper hands and they're responsible for those and they're being done successfully. Um, so I think that was like
1: what, like give me, give me some G-
0: alert me to that. Oh, um, Steve. some of the turtle, some of the turtle and tortoise, uh, stud books are held gotcha. in, by, you know, by not for profit entities, but, but not like a zoo, like a private, like that, Turtle Survival Alliance or something, one, I one of those kind of groups. And I can't remember the details. I should have written it down. That was kind of lame of me. But anyway, there are stud books in private hands that that do well. I, I can't remember an example of which, well, <laughs> which species that's just, are. Now, now are we doing.
1: just have to have Steve on because you just can't get the job done and telling me about <laughs> I I what I want to know. So yep, that's a yeah, perfect uh, I love You'd the excuse. Steve call in or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, they, they are being used and and they are, you know, being successfully used by private hobbyists or, or, um, other organizations. So, you know, it's not beyond the realm of, of possibility in reality. If you have a strong, like, I mean, like somebody like Frank Payne, he could probably start a stud book for Williams eye or oh, you know, sure. some of the other species that he keeps, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, definitely adds a little bit more hassle and and foresight and thought. And, and like we said, some, some animals don't have a lot of background information because they have kind of a sketchy past, you know, maybe we're, we're smuggled into Europe or something. And so we don't really have locality data or good information on the animals. Um, so, you know, that kind of, yeah, it makes it more difficult. But if you're going to do a stud book, you've got to have, you know, some indication of gel- genetic relatedness. And that's kind of the name of the game, trying to keep enough um, specimens that you can have um, genetic uh, diversity within your population.
1: Well, and I, I kind of wonder, I uh, you know, take it back to the Ben moral, uh, uh, you know, is that something that, that we could, you know, if you get, and, and you know, like as somebody into Tracy, a, um, that's a niche community, a nipper mm-hmm. community, sorry. Uh, oh. and, uh, and so, you know, like, are, are those yeah. nipper communities, those great places to start with stud books and, and, mm-hmm. you know, the kind yeah. of the idea that, and, and the science that Ben's putting forth, you know, if we get it, you know, you start getting enough in there, may, maybe, maybe you can build a, um. You know, and I don't know. I'm I'm speaking out of ignorance, but maybe you can build kind of a a, a relate, you know, a level of how related, um, you know, the people that the animals within those those nippers um, that you create the stud book around. You know, and 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 yeah. and kind of you know, kind of using and. Gosh, even going back to social media is these Facebook groups that have these nipper communities in them that could use, you know, genetics to kind of figure out how how related things are and and how you could create a stud book based off of something like that. There's a model that, that a stud book could work off of. It's just, oh, sure. you know, getting people sure. to get together and say, yeah, that's. I'm in. Yeah. I'm doing that, and and that's you know ultimately yeah. that's what's always proved to be the hardest thing with the reptile community and and probably humans at large, is to get them all going going Very down nice. this thing. Yeah, yeah. the same yeah driving have down the same road,
0: stick to the same thing for yeah. you know twenty years yeah. or something yeah. to do it do it well. Um, and, you know I guess if you had a, a group like you said, you know like a Facebook group or something, you've got enough individuals that maybe um, you know, you can kind of rotate the leadership or have kind of a more organized effort doing that. And that's, that could be very helpful too. So you don't just have one person trying to shoulder all the work and get burned out and just go, ah, this isn't worth it. And just get rid of everything, you know, or, or stop doing it. And that, that's probably what happens a lot. But if you have kind of a rotating leadership model where you have somebody kind of a Kind of a, st-
1: a stud of directors, so to speak, yeah, there you go. rather there than you go. a board of directors. You have a stud of directors. I don't know.
0: Uh, that was bad. That was horrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize people. But it's, but it's, you know, definitely something to think about and consider, especially if you're working with something that's maybe not uh, commonly kept or, or some things that can, um, be imported so you can have good, uh, locality information mm-hmm. and, and, to some extent and, and yeah, with the new tools, um, we definitely need to have Ben on here and have, mm-hmm. have something, you know, down that line to, to have, have a good fight club with him. But, um, you know, the new tools in, in genetics or, or just DNA sequencing and things can help out potentially with that as well. So yeah. you can have some kind of profile, you know, DNA profile. So, that's the, uh, hopefully yeah, we,
1: we, can... we, we definitely need to get Ben on here to tell us that we're either a bunch of idiots that don't know what we're talking about and, or, uh, that that's totally doable and people need to get it in gear. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, super show was fun. That's our next yeah. uh, show. And that was, that was a lot of fun. A lot of interesting things. It was cool to, to get Jules on there. I, I've always liked, uh, interacting with him at the, He's the fun. shows back in yeah. the past and then, um, super show this time around. He's he's a funny, entertaining guy. Um, the always the insane. characters that make it great, yeah. snakes for the stars, or what, what yeah. was he? Yeah, the, yeah. the, the yeah. herper for the stars. I can't remember. It was pretty, pretty entertaining, but that was that Snake, was a lot of fun.
1: Snake Wrangler to the stars. I ran- yeah, think, yeah, there you yeah, go, something like yeah. that.
0: That's, that's probably what, and it was fun hanging out with Anson. My brother-in-law is a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. He is a cool Cool. guy. That was fun. fun. You know,
1: interesting, you know, uh, like I, I always say that, you know, uh, reptile shows are a great place to meet people and, and those relationships and conversations that you have are always some of the funnest. So yeah. uh, it's, you know, that was, that continues to be the case. I'm sure we will bring uh, the reptile fight club to more shows and uh, you know, it was interesting. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, some, some of it was, was uh, you know, you, I I wish we could have talked to a lot more people. It's kind of, I think it's kind of hard with the with the podcast, and you know, being middle aged men and trying to just get people to like, hey, we're doing a podcast. We we fight. you They're like, what? Weird. What? Get away from me. Yeah. So I I I I I wish that um, there was a little more ability to to access people and get them to give, you know, their, their, their fight opinion and stuff like that. I mean, I think we kind of scratched the surface a little bit on what that looked like, but would like to see that, that uh, get a little more robust and maybe future uh, reptile shows if we, if we continue this. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that'd that be uh, fun to have like a booth, have people stop by the booth. And so then we get a people who, uh, know who we are and can kind of maybe that's maybe,
1: maybe that's that the secret maybe we need to um, yeah. maybe we need to uh, get 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 a show set up and uh, get a table set up and then do a two table thing where you know there's there's a table for the reptiles mm-hmm. and then and then there's a fight club table
0: yeah but that was that was a lot of fun to hear different uh, um, ideas and how mm-hmm. people you know think about the reptile hobby and, and stuff like that. I, you know, is the, I guess I I've been doing this for a while since, uh, what, I mean, since I was a kid, but you know, shows and being more serious and, and breeding and things like that since 97, you know, as a, I guess having a business in uh, side business in this, uh, you hobby. are what
1: we call in the um, Navy, a salty dog,
0: <laughs> salty dog. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm there's, I just talked to a guy today who who's, uh, in his seventies and, um, you know, okay, been, he's a salty. been herping dog. Yeah. for, for quite a while, you yeah. know, and, and keeping reptiles before I was born. And so, you know, there's, there's definitely people who have been in this longer and, uh, hats off to, you know, definitely. people who have some state, you know, stick to to, do this their whole lives. You know, yeah. it's, it's a great hobby and oh, there definitely. are, you know, there's a lot of things that are sometimes hard to, you know, kind of kick you out of the hobby or make you want to leave or whatnot, mm-hmm. but you know, for the most part, it's a, it's a great thing. Um, you know, hopefully we can kind of come together and remember where we came from, you know, sure. some of that, that new well, idea. And, and
1: you know, man, like I, I am I'm, I'm friends with Ed Bradley and and it, it's always fun to listen to the, the old timer guys tell stories. Cause you're like, oh, ah, yeah. you are frustrated about the same crap back then that I, we're frustrated about now. Like things yeah. don't really, you know what I mean? It's different yeah. times, yeah. maybe different, mm-hmm. you know, some different, focused or different things yeah. going on but you know still still human
0: nature you know, yeah. yeah It's all you know. kind of the same stuff but for sure i think we'd we'd figure it out by now right yeah nah, <laughs> everybody's so got to learn it learn it the hard way yeah uh, exactly. but yeah that was a lot of fun i you know I, I appreciate you picking me up at the airport and driving me you know to the oh, show yeah. and stuff that was a lot of fun that was a great idea so i'll have to make it happen again for sure all right well anything else to add on that topic or no let's move on move on moving on uh, cycling snakes uh, mm. i thought that was a pretty good topic to, to it was discuss. a good topic there's, i there's think a lot I,
1: of... I think uh you know I, I think i took the uh you don't need to cycle anything it's all fine like uh mm-hmm. you know but I, I definitely think that's probably not the case <laughs> I, I, I definitely think cycling is a thing and and you got to cue animals and and uh you know i think cooling cooling snakes is a thing and you know um mm-hmm but it
0: depends on you know watch out for generalizations because there's a lot of species that probably don't need to cool yeah they might have a wet dry season or they might have a you know longer daylight you know photo period type cues and uh, there's there's a lot of things that can cycle snakes so it's very difficult to have an you know no cycling
1: yeah (laughs) well and i I think i think i think. Primarily, people think of cycling as temperature, but yeah. cycling doesn't necessarily have to no. mean temperature. I think there's a lot of cues that cyclists mm-hmm. make uh or, or a reptile. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think yeah. I think cycling is a thing. I just think that we focus on the temperature side yeah. of it. A well, lot. And that's the
0: and easiest one in a lot of yeah. ways, you know, yeah. unless you live in. A tropical area where the yeah. temperature I mean, doesn't fluctuate I, much. I was just going to
1: say equatorially, like those snakes probably don't temperature cycle very yeah. much. They, they experience yep. a it's pretty a, constant, you know? Yeah. I mean, the temperature changes, but you're, you know, you're not looking at marketed seasons there. No. They're,
0: yeah except for, you know, rain rainy season versus yeah, sure. dry season. It's, but
1: or, that's you know, and 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 like there there you yeah. go. That's that cycling. So, yep. um
0: but do they need that to reproduce? I, I you know, I think the jury's no, on I, some I some yeah. species might for sure need those. I mean, amphibians probably definitely need a rainy cycle or some kind of, you know, certain species probably need a rain cycle to stimulate their, their breeding activity.
1: And, and, you Um, know, maybe, maybe that, that wet period goes to an increased humidity, which is necessary for incubation or, Mm -hmm. you know, some, some of those kinds of things, but, 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 but the idea that you need, you know a rainy period for an animal to do what it needs to do. Like, I don't, I don't think rain affects the biology of an animal to reproduce. You know what I mean? I think that that's a, that's a cue. I think that that's, that's something that they use, but, Mm -hmm. but let's just say it goes through a drought or, or they, you know, you get a grossly reduced period of, of, uh, precipitation throughout a season, and does that does that mean that everything stops reproducing? And you know, I mean, that just seems kind of silly, right? Like yeah. it doesn't doesn't make yeah. sense. So again, I think things have to be able to be placid in order to adapt to changes in their environment. And and so you know, I think like like with the Tracy A, eh, I, I say that the long term success uh, for those is is just you know, the steady, the steady race, uh, Mm -hmm. keeping things the same. And, and, uh, that's what, that's what, um, I think that's what most animals are looking towards is, is, Hey, how, how do I judge the future? Cause I don't want to make a mistake
0: here. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, (coughs) I, uh, um, sorry there. Uh, no, you're good. I, I think, um, identifying things that are, important and Mm -hmm. things that aren't i I always come back to that um terry phillip idea of you know shoveling snow into a rattlesnake's cage
1: yes i know you're (laughs) right
0: it happens in their natural environment but it's not necessary to get them to reproduce but yeah you know the the cold temperatures might be more important than the the snow dumping on them yeah for sure (laughs) on their habitat
1: no and 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 there's definitely a hundred percent you know significant things that need that 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 need to be there um and, and you know I mean I, th- I think there's certain conditions that have to be met um, but you know the idea that that, that you have to do it in a stat in a hundred percent static way all the time. And it yeah. always has to be the same. And there can't yep. be any, you know, or, or if you miss this, this critical, if you, you don't know,
0: put them together in November and drop the right. temperature it, 10 degrees until, you know, <laughs> yeah. then you're not going to breed them. Yeah. That yeah. kind of stuff is, um, I, I uh, the, uh, idea of, you know, certain species having less cues needed to reproduce, yeah. I think is important. And, and there might be some that are, you know, difficult to breed just because they're stressed out or they're, mm-hmm. you know, they haven't adapted well to captivity or, you know, they've got the wrong conditions. It's really kind of tricky sometimes yeah. to work things out. And I think a lot of times we take that for granted that some of these things have been worked out and we, or, or just the fact that they're captive bred makes them you know, easier to reproduce in captivity um, versus a wild caught animal. But, you know, hats off to the people who've, you know, the people who figured it out mm-hmm. <laughs> and hopefully. Well, and I, th- th- I think I think
1: you see, play. I think you see animals that are, are generalists and animals that are specialists and, you know, like yeah. San Diego has, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an ecological hotspot. It's, it's highly, um, you know, it's highly specialized. So a lot of the animals that we see here are very 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 intolerant of of any kind of a change to their environment because they're yeah. so specialized. So it you know when when you get climate change or you get any type of a major shift, those will be the first animals to go. The ones that have become highly adapted to you know their their specific environment and when that environment changes they can't keep up but you know those generalists the pigeons the you know the whatever they'll do well because they're a generalist and you see that in plants there's there's you know highly specific plants there's generalist plants you know i would say that um invasive species are are you know well, I guess you could even call them specialists because they have certain adaptations that make them very good outside of their environment to take hold of certain things. So I don't know that it's a, you know, I guess it's even within those ideas, it's hard to kind of talk about in a concrete way, but, but yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, that they're like, to your point, you know, there are certain Certain things that you need to do, but but uh, as a uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh write a rule book,
0: yeah. <laughs> That's you know, anytime somebody says here's the recipe to do this, yeah. you know, be wary because you know, conditions change. You know, there, some species that are very easy for one person to breed, may be difficult for another just because of the place they live or live, yeah, 100%. 100%. So, you 100%. know, there's no no one way to to do everything i guess but yeah it's just keep learning you know keep keep your eyes open observe your reptiles you know see kind of a lot of things a lot of cues you can catch uh catch if you're if you're looking you know mm-hmm. if you're paying attention mm-hmm. and, and you're learning
1: or oh, if you or, if you, or you know, if you create you know a you know a setup that that lends itself to letting the animals <laughs> get the cue. You know what I mean? I think, I think the animals know better than we do. So, you know, missing a cue could be because we don't, you know, let animals cohabitate together at the right Mm -hmm. time. And we miss that cue. So of course they're going to, you know, they're not going to be where they need to be in the right time. So, um,
0: yeah, I think we have a similar philosophy on that. You know, if you have the animals together, they're going to know their cues. You're probably not going to see reproductive events because they don't need to breed and you know, they're not like uh, starved for, they, they catch those hormonal cues and they're not like, Oh, a female's in the area. I got to breed everything in sight. you know
1: And it's like, funny because I do do a lot of cohabitation and, 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 you know, I, I was listening to Eric and Owen talk about the breeding carpet pythons episode they just did. And, and, uh, how, mm-hmm. you know, when they put animals together, they see them lock up right away. And I'm like, I yeah. don't see that anymore. I, n- I hardly ever see that, but mm-hmm. you know, my animals just end up gravid because they, they don't, you know, they're not always trying to lock up with each other. They just, the male knows when he needs to lock up. Yeah. They go off and they do their business and, you know, hey, cool. Uh, and, and, and I'm keep just a, along for the ride, you know?
0: Keep a keep a guy and a, and a woman in solitary confinement and then put them together for a week. You better believe they're probably yeah, going to start right. mating right, right off the bat, you know? Uh, right. You know, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you've hit the... You know the right timing of that. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, I think we're uh, that, that was probably a terrible, gross example, but anyway, we'll move on. Pretend I think that everybody, got <laughs> yeah. I think everybody got the point. Yeah, everybody got the point. All right. Well, <laughs> we move on to something else here. Uh, yeah, talk uh, about the the wonderful, uplifting topic of calling. Yeah. <laughs> fine, oh fine. man. Now I've I've kind of thought about this a little bit and especially in regards to zoos. I've heard about, you know, there was a a big bust that occurred recently um with a zoo that was sending out eggs and then uh a prominent uh you know keeper that was hatching them out and then selling them through another person um you know it, basically kind of going behind the zoo's back and selling yeah. animals. On the on the backside and, and the zoo assumed that the eggs were being culled, or, you know, put in the freezer or whatever, kind of like an egg, whatever they do like, with like egg.
1: egg fencing, like you're, you're, you're kind yeah. of moving stolen goods or, <laughs> and it know, was d- dishonestly, whatever. Yeah,
0: it was for endangered species or, you know, species that are protected by the Endangered Species Act. Yeah. And, you know, definitely unethical, definitely not something they should have been doing. A, a, a um, no, no for the Yeah. Root, for sure. I, I I guess I have a hard time just thinking about, well, we're just going to throw these eggs away, even though right. they're very desirable and very valuable to the, you know, herpetocultural community. Um, we're just going to kill well, them. I, prob- probably probably the individual over. who was
1: who was uh, doing this probably felt much the same way you do. Like, man, yeah, I'm really yeah. going to get rid of these. Like, yeah, I'm
0: just going to check these eggs like, or just yeah. throw them in the garbage or whatever. Yeah, we you can know. just throw
1: yeah. them. We don't have to chuck them.
0: The, it's oh, already
1: yeah. giving up the coin tosses. Already? Well, I, to
0: no, I'm saying game. you should get no. them. That oh, we should I check, should, I should, you should chuck you should them. Chuck that them. means <laughs> give them to check. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I never thought of it like that.
0: Huh. We'll just ha- we'll just have you know the zoo say yeah I'm Chunking. I'm just gonna chuck these. Ch-
1: chucking makes <laughs> you the recipient. No yep, chuck, exactly. yeah. chuck. Yeah,
0: so you you'll have a bunch of different cool zoo species because they'll just chuck because. all their eggs. You know, well, um, you I, I get it though. I mean, it. it's it's kind of a catch twenty two because you know the zoos don't there depending on if they have an outlet for their offspring, most of the time they probably don't try to breed their animals. And if mm-hmm. they do, they, they might just throw the eggs, you know, uh, out and not, not hatch them. And Does that
1: feel like a spiteful thing. Like, well, we would rather kill these. Then give them to the, the the public at large. You know <laughs> that's like kind of how you know you know that, uh, it kind of yeah, comes I think off that's how as a lot a, of
0: us in the hobby feel is like yeah. oh, well oh they're we're not good enough for these you know whatever but like, you know so I the get AZA it with something get like more maybe snooty, a you know,
1: like,
0: <laughs> yeah like a komodo dragon or you know a crocodilian <laughs> yeah. or something well, and I think People there's probably
1: great yeah that, I think yeah. there's there's definitely examples of like that would not be appropriate yeah um, uh, but. I, I mean I think there's probably you know there's mm-hmm. probably appropriate examples and and
0: yeah and and know. I think there are some zoos that that do allow animals to get out it's it's been a a rocky road between um, hobbyists and zoos in the past. Sure. So I think especially certain zoos are very and, sensitive to that yeah. and do not deal with the public at all. And, and, and I think if, if
1: I was one of those AZA organizations that was in the middle of a, a, an, an awful, you know, dealing with a, a, uh, you know, a, a general reptile hobbyist, uh, I, I, I could, un- I can understand where they're coming from, but sure. at the same time, like, you know, well and they
0: have a responsibility to these animals you know they're not they're not breeding them for commercialization and they're not you know yeah, breeding them for, that's for fair that's sake. fair yeah but at the same time I mean you know you think maybe they could benefit from that you know if there's yeah. some highly highly uh, like if they bred a bunch of Boland's Pythons you know release those to the hobby there's yeah. not you know there's plenty of hobbyists that can keep a Boland's Python happy and healthy or, or whatever especially well, and if you and if you, and if you or
1: did or, that i'm pretty sure a zoo could put conditions on that that you would have to sign on to and 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 i'm pretty sure uh there would be plenty of people out there who'd be willing to sign up and follow those rules if they could get you know sure. Bolonite, yeah. right like I, I i just you know
0: and at the same time i mean how if if you're if you're getting them from a captive bred source are you going to want to buy a wild caught animal no right. you're going to you're going to take the captive bred animal that's been produced in the united states and so you know that uh, that kind of idea of commercialization you know captive or what's the, conservation through commercialization it's kind of yeah. a gross thing you know i don't know i, I i've kind of have have mixed feelings about that but i guess that's what this show is about right having yeah. <laughs> two sides to every coin i mean what? there is there is some you know, nobody's going to smuggle a bearded dragon out of Australia. They're not going to make that risk because one, they're totally available here. You don't need to do that. There's no, unless, you know, genetic diversity or something like that. But um, you know, it's kind of a, once, once they're established, well established in the pet trade, there's no need to smuggle them. There's no need for illicit activity. So, you know, that's, that's kind of my thoughts on that, but I don't know. That uh, probably uh, off uh, off in my thinking a bit, but anyway, mm-hmm. there's 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 different as you know, different angles to that as well. Mm-hmm. But like I all mean, of our topics, at, it's it's
1: not a simple. yeah,
0: it's not a simple cut and dry thing. You, you yeah. look at uh, banded Fiji banded iguanas; they're mm-hmm. commonly and easily bred in Europe, and not not that expensive. But they're not available in the hobby because that's one of the animals that the fish and wildlife has just said, nope, we're not going to allow allow those to be around. They're Regardless of if they're captive bred in Europe, we want to uphold Fijian law, you know, (laughs) Mm. for some reason. So even if they're not viable specimens for conservation, like, you know, they've been interbred because back in the day there weren't several species, but there are now. And so, you know, they might have been hybridized and things. So I don't know. It's like hard tax,
1: to, sometimes, like taxonomy, it feels a little arbitrary.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I I do see you know why why these things are in place and why a lot of yeah. zoos might follow that attitude. Um, and you know, I'm not sure how we got on the. I guess I brought up the cop- topic of culling at zoos and yeah. how that makes me feel. But at the same time, it's like, well, you know, they have a responsibility and they have you know, rules they have to follow as well. And so even though it hurts to think of, you know, the Galapagos tortoise or like a egg going into the garbage, um, you know, it is what it is. And that's, that's where we're at now. So, um, I don't know any other ideas on culling or topics that we didn't bring up no (laughs) moving on moving on all right well the last show we're going to talk about is the one with ball pythons as a first pet and that was a uh kendra and dominique did a great job and kind of bringing up the different sides of that that story so that was a a fun episode Um, yeah it was yeah, know, we, we branched out a little bit beyond just the, the topic at hand, talked about some, you know, women in herpetoculture, uh, yeah. as Dominique is very passionate about that, Kendra as well. But, you yeah. know, that yeah. was an important topic to discuss, I thought, too. And maybe we yeah. need a, a dedicated show for that at some point. So, we, yeah, we need to have some people here to to discuss yeah. that one um but a very you know important topic but you know ball pythons i i think you know they can and they they have a lot of good aspects about you know uh, being suitable as a, a pet and they also have a lot of kind of frustrating aspects as you know being somewhat difficult at times but yeah. for the most part i think they're they're almost to the point where they're uh uh what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they're domesticated, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, they're, they're pretty, pretty straightforward, pretty easy. I mean, I
1: think, you know, like, like, uh, on the show, they touched on, you know, hunger striking ball pythons. And, you know, I, I think that you could use that as a nice example of like why they might not necessarily be a great first snake, um, because people freak out and yeah, but at the same time they're learning that, you know, not all reptiles eat all the time and that, you know, you have to get outside of, of being a human being and, and understand a reptile a little yeah. bit more. And so, yeah. you know, as, as a teaching tool, I think they're, they're good. They're good for teaching. And, and I do mm-hmm. think they're probably a pretty dang good first pet. Uh, yeah.
0: So now, How I, many I, people have been interested in genetics because they started keeping right. right. You know, I, th- about I the think genetics. there's
1: a lot, there's a lot there that they can offer. Yeah um, you know, a, a first yeah. time reptile keeper. So, you know, definitely, uh, they're, they're, um, you know, not like keeping a white lip or a, a scrub Python or even mm-hmm. a bitey carpet Python. Like, uh, yeah. you know, for the most part, I mean, I, you sure, sure as heck get bit by a ball Python, but, uh, yeah. you know, that's tends not to be their nature.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, really, uh, uh, you know, a, a good Topic to discuss is, is mm-hmm. ball pythons are one of those monoculture species that a lot of people keep or have kept or will keep. You know, they're they're a staple or a, a very important part of of herpeticulture. And mm-hmm. so, to ignore that or to just kind of push them aside, oh, they're just ball pythons, is kind of uh, I guess irresponsible or. Sure. <laughs> you know neglectful in some way. Um, we need to say, okay, you know, these are a, an important part of herpticulture and let's give them the respect they deserve and and help people keep them properly and, and with success. So they yeah. want to look into other species, you know, that's kind of the, the idea, give them a good, uh, first go around and, Maybe they'll stick around.
1: Justin's talking to you, Owen McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> Owen doesn't
0: listen to us. He doesn't have no, time. He he's doesn't. too important and that's, big to listen that's to That's why us. we
1: can talk about him and <laughs> yeah. he'll never hear about it. Eric exactly. won't Eric won't tip him off. None of the interns will tell him. We can just say whatever we want. No, I'm kidding. I'm
0: kidding. <laughs> no, no, I he's going to go read. back
1: and listen to all the episodes like, what did they say about me? <laughs>
0: yeah. I figured out why he hates Bigfoot so much. He's he's secretly, he have
1: rather large feet or what? He
0: has, yeah, he has Sasquatch in his parentage. Ah. You know, he's, he's part Sasquatch. I'm I'm convinced of it and that's why he doesn't want people looking too closely too because they yes. end up yes. in, you know, scientific study. Uh, That's why he gets he, so upset about it. He
1: was he was the stunt double in Harry and the Henderson's, is that what you're trying <laughs> to tell yeah. me? Yeah, uh, it yeah. May, yeah. may have been That's his sense. grandfather. I don't know. It you makes know? It's sense. Hard to say. Uh, the stars uh, are aligning. Thank yeah. you, Justin. Thank yeah. you. And
0: he thinks he protests too much about Yeah. He he does. He gets very upset, so. Yeah. He wants yeah. people to stop looking or they'll find yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. So. And it must be a heck of a, you know, to keep up on all the shaving that he has to do to be a human. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I'm glad he doesn't listen to the show. (laughs) (laughs) I did run that, uh, run that by him on the Arizona trip. (laughs) Yeah. Good, good times. Good times. (laughs) Oh, well, um, anything else to add or have we covered it all? I, I always have the, uh, the Simpsons, uh, Sorry for the clip show theme song running through my head after of these. But I, I do think it's, it's useful to go back and kind of revisit some of these topics and bring up some things we might not have discussed or, or that might not have been covered in, in great extent. And so I think it's useful. Hopefully the listener got something out of this and and it makes you think a little more or makes you think in a different way. So
1: I mean, I, I certainly and the way I feel about it is, you know, we've done um, we've done another what, 15, 15 episodes past yeah, these, this. So true. so like, you know, talking to mm-hmm. other guests and like, you know, having different topics and then we go back to a topic that we covered a long time ago in a clip show kind of like, Mm -hmm. oh man, well, I had some perspective put on me, um, from, you know, a later episode that, that, you know, maybe I thought this way, but now maybe I think this way. And Mm -hmm. I think some of these topics, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to change the way I feel about it, but, um, definitely I think there's been some, some instances where I've, I've said, oh, okay. You know, I, I see, I see that a little differently. I think the, the summers, again, I'll say summers marketing, uh, (laughs) episode was one where I was kind of like, all right, you know, I, I, I think of these, you know, the, 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 the marketing stuff is kind of like, ah, whatever, you know, but no, Mm. I, I, I have definitely an appreciation and a difference of opinion than I used to have. So,
0: yeah. uh, yeah. Our, 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 guests have helped us understand things from different perspectives yeah, as well. And it's, sure. it's important. I, I, yeah. I've enjoyed all the guests we've had on. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and I, you know, we definitely appreciate the feedback that we've been getting from, uh, people who are listening and, and people who, you know, have different topics for shows. We, we'd love to hear more of them. So keep the, keep the ideas coming. And if you're willing to come on the show, we'd love to have you if you've got a good topic that can, uh, be uh, discussed from both sides so uh we appreciate the the input we've got and thanks yep. for listening yeah Yep. um well uh we are i think at the end of our show here anything we else? we, we,
1: we are at the mind. end of our
0: rope yeah
1: <laughs> yeah we have
0: well again i'll you know say I I really enjoy being a a member of the MP family. This is, this is a lot of fun and I appreciate all the work from Eric and, and the rest of the Moralia Pythons network crew and, and for, you know, the opportunity to, to record and have this podcast. It's been a lot of fun and and having an established network with a lot of great shows, um, is very important. I've, I've been enjoying some of the, the shows recently. And, uh, so give them a listen if you haven't heard them, uh, morelia pythons radio um there's a lot of different (laughs) podcasts and and uh check out the morelia pythons network if if you're looking for more reptile content but um thanks for listening and uh we will catch you again next week later
1: alligators
0: all right i was i was hoping to hear a good one from you chuck yeah i try (laughs) all right see you later bye bye